Welcome to this podcast for Thorax Journal Club. Today I'm joined by Dr. Fernando Martinez. Dr. Martinez works at the University of Michigan, Ann Arbor, and is going to tell us about a paper he's senior authored entitled Prednisolone, Azathioprine, and Anacetylcysteine for Pulmonary Fibrosis, which was published in the New England Journal of Medicine. Dr. Martinez, could you start by explaining the reason for doing this study now, particularly when all three of those medications have been used in the treatment of pulmonary fibrosis for quite some time? Uh, yes, this was a uh, somewhat controversial study in that uh, these medications, as you stated, uh, had uh, been available for decades uh, and, in fact, had been incorporated in one form uh, into a previous multi-investigator, multinational guideline recommendation. There had already been a suspicion that this combination was effective in IPF. Uh, there was uh, a very well-conducted and well-designed study by the Iphigenia investigators that uh, had tested uh, a version of that uh, medication regimen uh, in comparing uh, azathioprine prednisone and NAC versus azathioprine prednisone and a matched NAC placebo. Uh, and they really had an interest uh, in examining the role of the NAC in IPF based on an extensive uh, biological rationale uh, and a series of limited but very compelling preliminary studies in humans. Uh, There was uh, a positive result of the Iphigenia study in suggesting preservation of lung function to the triple combination versus the dual combination, Uh, but there was some controversy uh, in the literature in terms of how to interpret those results. And some of the controversy that uh, had erupted after that Iphigenia study was whether the NAC was offering a true benefit uh, or whether it was ameliorating potential adverse events of the azathioprine and prednisone. As a result, a group of investigators funded by the United States National Institutes of Health uh, decided that it was uh, likely worthwhile trying to shed additional light on that topic given that the combination of azathioprine, prednisone, and NAC had been incorporated in a second uh, a British uh, uh, guideline, uh, albeit uh, acknowledging a weak database, uh, and it was frequently used globally uh, as a standard treatment for IPF. Can you talk a little bit about this trial design? Yes, so this study was designed in uh, a a separate way, but really, again, trying to address the, uh, the important question that the Iphigenia investigators had asked, which was, what exactly is the role of anastylcysteine in an IPF population? So we designed a study that actually was a three-arm study, and the three-arm study incorporated azathioprine, prednisone, and NAC. Uh, A second arm was NAC alone with placebos for the azathioprine and prednisone. The third arm was placebo for all of the treatment uh, arms, for all of the active treatments. And can you explain why the trial was stopped early, and in particular, one of the advantages or maybe disadvantages of having done an interim analysis? So that uh, there was, uh, as you can imagine uh, from what I stated uh, at the beginning, some concern regarding whether the NAC was beneficial in its own right uh, or whether there was an amelioration of toxicity for the azathioprine prednisone regimen. As a result, when we designed the study, we built in uh, an early uh, analysis, certainly of the safety parameters, uh, and then uh, an associated interim analysis for efficacy. And that analysis uh, took place in October of 2011. Uh, and the, um, 
Data Safety Monitoring Board had to wrestle with what to do with the results that uh, were coming into them on a regular basis. And it was at that point that they made a decision that the study had to be altered because it was very clear that the triple combination, the azathioprine prednisone NAC, was clearly functioning uh, in a much poorer way than the matched placebo for all three of the active treatments. Uh, and that was manifested in multiple ways. It was manifested in mortality. It was manifested in a composite of mortality and hospitalizations. And at the same time, there was, even only at that 30, I think it was 32-week uh, median exposure to active study drug, there was no suggestion that there was any significant uh, benefit. And they made what we all thought was an appropriate decision to terminate the study for that treatment arm at that time. Do you think there are any limitations with having stopped the trial early in terms of other outcomes? Oh, sure. There's always a limitation, and it's some, one of the components that we stated very explicitly in the discussion of the manuscript, which was many of the secondary endpoints that are of interest and are quite controversial, including a recent uh, paper in your uh, August journal uh, regarding endpoints uh, in pulmonary fibrosis and potential intermediate markers for clinically relevant endpoints. Uh, we were limited uh, in uh, the study uh, of assessing at that point because of uh, the, the limited duration of exposure to the uh, three-arm therapy. But there's no limitation uh, in terms of examining the impact of the triple combination on the most clinically relevant endpoints of mortality and hospitalization. And finally, what would your take-home message be? How do you think we should be treating patients with uh, pulmonary fibrosis? Well, uh, another important component that you need to take away from the discussion we've had so far is that the, the NAC alone versus placebo arm is continuing. So that arm uh, was continued by the Data Safety Monitoring Board. Uh, it finished recruiting. Uh, it is uh, continuing on, and we're following uh, the subjects uh, until uh, the middle of next year. So I think we'll have a very strong uh, data set to be able to answer uh, a question that the Iphigenia investigators and many in the IPF inves investigative community have asked for the last 15, 20 years, which is exactly what is the benefit of anacetylcysteine uh, in IPF patients. And I'm hopeful that that arm of the study will be positive because then it will provide a relatively well-tolerated, relatively cheap intervention that will have some efficacy. But we'll see. We'll know that by, uh, by next year. I think that uh, two major components from this uh, saga of the panther study um, are important for us uh, to realize. Uh, the first is a very practical implication with regards to how we treat our IPF patients. I am convinced, as are, uh, I would argue, most, if not all, of the investigators that were in the panther uh, study uh, team, which is a multi-center study in the U.S., that in a newly diagnosed patient who clearly has IPF and meets the uh, physiological criteria for enrollment in panther, there is no role for azathioprine, prednisone, and NAC in their treatment, including uh, no role for an early treatment trial because the adverse effect signal was seen within the first month of therapy. Now, I, I caveat my statement because there are rigid inclusion criteria to this therapeutic trial. And so this was clear IPF, meeting the latest ATS-ERS guidelines, it was clearly well-defined in terms of what their previous and concomitant therapies were or were not uh, and what their physiological characterization was. So we really can only apply those results crisply to individual patients 
that uh, would have met those inclusion exclusion criteria. But I am completely confident that if that is seen, if you see a patient that meets those criteria, you should not use that triple combination. Dr. Martinez, thank you very much. Thanks. For more information about this program and other BMJ Group podcasts, please visit bmj.com.